actually uh, welcome the beautiful young lady that's sitting next to me. This is my daughter, Paige Pester, who is uh, doing so many things around our church now. The Lord has uh, just put a, there's an anointing on her that uh, for us, like her mother and I and others who have known her for a long time, we, we just, it, you just go, wow, God, what are you doing? It's so awesome. How many love to see that on anybody? You know, when you just see God's spirit on somebody's God, love that. And how many want that on your life as well? But it's, it's happening on her life. And what we're about ready to walk into today, we're excited about because it's, um, today that we're about ready to step into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you say, what's so exciting about that? That does, that sounds not too good. Well, we're going to hopefully change your mind a little bit here in the next, um, few moments we have together. Because we firmly believe that God's doing great things in our church. Um, we, if we stop right here, I'm <clears throat> very thankful for the things that He's doing. Just this morning, how many enjoyed that refreshing of His Spirit's work in our midst? Um, that song that we sang, we kind of closed with that um, we were repeating over and over again about His goodness. I walked up to Tally because I, I do this all the time. I'm like, I haven't heard that before. Uh, he'll say, oh, it's on this album, or this this is a song my friend wrote or something. But all, other times he'll say, that's something the Lord just gave me. That was one of those songs. That just came that moment this morning in, in the, our worship service. No one had ever heard it before. But it's probably sung in heaven. It's probably uh, on a top 40 list in heaven. But that was what we would call a new song. And that was precious, and I enjoyed that. But we want to see more of those kind of things take place. We know that God isn't exhausted. We know that He hasn't finished. We know that there's something greater still to come. There's always something that we can contend for that is greater of what God can do. How many would say amen to that? Hey, I want you to, if you would, just get your Bibles out or your your app on your phone, whatever you use. I do wish somebody in the technical world would invent an app that would sound like pages, uh, Oop, that didn't work. That's Pages. why I have paper. Yeah, thanks. You're the one that got me this, too. What am I doing? I should have a backup paper. Uh, technical stuff. Uh, but technical stuff, how many miss that sound in church when you say, okay, everybody turn to Colossians chapter 3, and you'd hear all the pages turning. I just love that. I, I miss that because uh, we got it on our apps and stuff, and that's okay. But if you don't even have that, we're going to have a slide up. Let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. This has been uh, very key to us for the year 2019. We believe God is leveling up many, many things in our lives and in our church. And we've stood on this. Uh, verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. That uh, word, or words I should say, that are translated, set your mind, that we talked about that last week. Let's review it for just a moment because it's, it, it, I don't want to have you get lost in word studies, um, but it would be better for you than being lost in some of the other things you get distracted with uh, because you can learn so much about uh, what God's saying to us through his word by just going a little deeper and examining the words that are in the Bible. Hebrew and Greek are amazing because they have tense they have a voice. They have even a sex. Sometimes it's in the feminine gender. Sometimes it's in the male gender. Sometimes it's in the neuter gender. 
There's all different ways that God speaks to us through his word, and you can find these things out in a deeper way through doing word studies. This word here is interesting because it's three words in English. It's only one word in the Greek. It's the word phroneo, and it has to do with the things that you're uh, affectionate about, uh, the things that you uh, are passionate about. What kind of things are you interested in? Um, your mind is not only where your thoughts are, but your mind has a lot to do with how your heart operates. Uh, if your mind is dwelling on negative things, if your mind is dwelling on ungodly things, things other than what God would have you to think about, to dwell upon, it's going to affect your entire life. So your mind is very, very important you're, because it's the seat of, of how you're going to think and respond. And it affects your heart, which is the most important part about you. Now, there's another word I want you to see here today that we didn't look at last week. It's the word seek. That word in the, in the Greek is the word zeteo. And it has to do with, uh, tr obviously trying to find something, but it also has to do with removing every obstacle in the way to find that thing that you're looking for. How many have ever torn a drawer, a drawer, uh, help me say this word, a drawer? apart looking for something that you think might, where is it? Who took it? I've, by the way, there's some elusive person who takes stuff from me. I just tell you, we don't have any kids in the house anymore, but there, how many have ever had things you just go, well, I know I put that in that drawer. Um, that word there, Zetail, has that kind of idea that I'm going to keep looking until I find it. There's something I know was here or should be here or I want to be here. What are we to do with it? We're to seek the Lord. We're to seek the things that he has for us. And that's what this 21 days is about. We're going to really set apart some time of seeking the Lord. Now, before we go any further, I want to talk about what fasting is, what it isn't. Um, and Paige, you've got some good stuff. In fact, in your bulletin, there's a little insert that um, will help you a little bit too with what we're going to be doing this this week for the next seven days starting tomorrow. Yeah, so the flyer, if you want to grab it out, um, how we're dividing the 21 days up is into weeks. So each week will bring a different focus. And week one is going to start with uh, numero uno, which is ourselves, which is fun and intimidating and awesome, all, all in one package. Um, so for the fast, um, how many in, in here have fasted in any way, shape, or form, um, dietary or spiritual? Raise your hand. Okay, so a pretty good amount of you. How many of you guys would also agree that's very challenging? Okay, so going into this 21-day fast, what we've done is uh, provided a few different ways for you to be able to fast. Um, you can do the full-on, like, only water for 21 days, or you can go a totally modified route, which is um, sun up to sundown, or just cutting one meal, or trying to limit social media, all those kinds of things. We wanted to provide a path that was easy and to set you guys up to succeed. Um, I, if you've never done a fast before, I don't recommend trying to jump into a 21-day water fast. It's just going to be very, very hard for you on day three 
and it's just probably not going to work. So be realistic with the type of fast that you choose. And um, this isn't, I, I, I don't want it to come across like as mandatory, but we're really, really, really encouraging everyone to do it in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's just setting time aside, um, just to spend time with the Lord and to listen for His voice. We have a little guide on the back of the flyer that has a focus for each day. So there, we're making it easy for you, and we've provided a few activations to do each day, um, just to kind of help throughout the process. Um, and use technology in your favor. Uh, set reminders on your phone if you need to as you're kind of building a new habit with the fast. Set a reminder in the morning, you know, of the things that you, you need to make sure that you're avoiding or the things that you're adding in. Um, uninstall apps if you need to. If there's something that you're not, you know, we have a lot of our, um, our younger group is uh, really excited to do like a fast on social media. So no social media platforms whatsoever. So if that is a temptation for you, uninstall those apps and make it make it easy to succeed in those areas. Um, if you work for a social media company or you're a content creator, probably don't fast social media. So you see what I mean? Like try to find something that for you is like, okay, that's going to be a stretch, but I know that I can do it. And then here's the beauty of it. Have grace on yourself. If you blow it, if you forget, if you're like, halfway through a piece of chocolate cake and you're like, oh, I totally forgot, but this is so good. I want to finish it. Just finish it and pick it back up. Just pick it back up the next day. It's not about getting through the 21 days with a badge of completion. It's just about taking that time, that awareness to cut away distractions, to eliminate those things that take away from just being like, God, here I am. I'm going to be still and I'm going to listen for your voice. Yeah. So there. I love it. Uh, fasting is like a budget. It should not be a straitjacket. It's it's a plumb line, so when you begin to enter into this, there there is going to be the the desire, whatever you're fasting from, to have that thing. And uh, historically, we've thought of fasting only as related to not eating, but we're learning that there's a lot of things in our lives that have have a lot of uh, pull and power that if we can just put them off for a moment, you'd be surprised how many how many of the first thing you get up in the morning. You do this. You look at this, and of course, you're just because you want no look, notifications. And yeah, you're yeah, you want to. You're checking your scripture of the day, which is great. You can use these wonderfully. But um, we we've determined on our team we're going to take 21 days away from all social media, so you won't see us on Facebook or Instagram or any of those things. It's not because we've unfriended you or don't like you. We're just going to get away from this little dude because this dude is doing worse for some of us, than the hamburger that maybe we would fast from. Um, amen. I want to uh, look at Psalms 105, and we're gonna, we want to give us some focus here this morning as we go into these next seven days. Psalms 105, uh, it, uh, verse 1 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing psalms to Him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. Uh, this is such a great way to go into fasting or any other new day, new season, start of something, to go in thinking about how good God has been. And wasn't that precious that his word to us in song today was to remind us of his goodness, because he has been good. And I wanna, I'm going to show you in a minute that even when things haven't gone right, God's, that doesn't change God's goodness. 
Because God can use some of those things that haven't gone right to be some of the greatest testimonies of how he got you through that thing that wasn't right. So when it says there, remember, uh, in verse 5, his marvelous works, I, I want to I make a statement. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. Remembering um, can sometimes be the most painful thing you do. Because you can start going through your mind. Your memory can start having all of those uh, things that have happened. Maybe it's one thing that happened. Maybe it's multiple things that happened. And what I have learned is that there's a lot of people, and I've done this in my life, that we think if we just forget about it, it'll go away. Listen, there is no healing in forgetting. Healing comes while remembering. That's powerful. So that when I remember this, I know I'm healed because it doesn't have the sting in it that it used to. But here's what I want to say. Remembering can be painful, but it's necessary for healing, and listen to this, for moving forward. You've got to know where you've been to know where you're going. And if you can do what the psalmist is telling us to do, to think about what God's brought you through. Think about the things where you didn't know what you were going to do. Maybe you, you got yourself in a mess and God began to work. You allowed him to work. He began to prove himself faithful. You stood on his promises. Like Tally said earlier, faith started to get strong again. And then that, that whole situation started to change. Man, we've got to, we've got to talk about that. We've got to testify about that. That's where the real healing comes. Um, let's look at Deuteronomy for a minute. I want to uh, just pick up a couple verses in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, and let's begin with verse 2. It says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. And listen to these next words. To humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, <clears throat> excuse me, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna that you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Let, <clears throat> let me pause there for a moment. God's wanting to do something with you, to you, in your life that you're not real sure about. You've never been through anything like this. This is totally different, totally new. Not only do you not know much about it or anything about it, your mom and dad didn't know anything about it. There's things that are happening in our church right now that those that preceded us, they wouldn't be angry. They wouldn't be upset. They would say, God's doing something, but man, this is nothing like anything we ever experienced. How many would love it that, that they would, if you could talk to somebody from past generations that have set the foundation for us, that they would say, hey, we're, we're glad to see that you're still worshiping Jesus, but man, he's doing something new that we didn't even experience in our day. How many would love to know that? Well, that's God's heart. We can stand on it. We know he wants to do something that you don't know anything about. How many have lived long enough to realize you don't know everything? Yeah, nudge somebody that needs to have that revelation uh, because we need to, we need to realize, hey, I, I don't know everything. And there's stuff God wants me to do that I don't know anything about. This is where faith is necessary. Then it goes on to say that he might make known to you or known that man does not live by bread alone. In other words, you don't live by just natural things. But man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Think about that. The natural things that they had, just their, their clothes, just thing, their, their shoes, none of that wore out for 40 years. 
And here's why. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. That's a tough word, though, because I know this. When the Lord's chastened me, when he's tested me, it's no fun. And I don't like it, and sometimes I want to bellyache and deny that it's him doing it. Or how many have done this? Lord, why why are you doing this? I don't deserve this. Listen, it, it has nothing to do with whether you deserve it or not. It has to do with how much you're loved as a son or a daughter. I want you to think about that. Paige, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, this morning I was talking to our leadership and our serve teams. We get together before services and pray. And um, Miriam, uh, the pastor's assistant, had said, Paige, I feel like you're supposed to share something with us this morning. And I'm like, okay. I can do that. I'm speaking, but I can also share something new. And, but as I was driving to church this morning, I felt like the uh, when I was driving, the Lord brought that um, verse. It's also like an old hymn and kind of Sunday school song. And it's, um, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us, and that we might know that we are the sons and daughters of Christ. And I was thinking through that, and and what he what he was showing me, what he the picture that I saw is um, in our in our culture and society, uh, you know, it's like love wins, love first, choose love, and um, I think a lot of us think you know loving and having that being as like as we treat other people, you know, we love, you know, we extend love, we love people, and that's awesome. But the Lord was showing me, um, and I told the team, I'm going to kind of backtrack here with you, is He was showing me that that love that's extended to others comes out of the well of love that we have for ourselves. Um, it's out of that overflow that we love others. And where we get that love for ourselves is out of the overflow of the love that we've received from the Father. And how it's so important that we have an encounter and an experience with um, the, the pure, powerful, personally transforming love of Jesus. Um, because that will affect everything that we do. That will affect our relationships, our conversations, our purpose. Um, that, that initial relationship with God and that love that is ex- received from him that is unconditional and powerful. Uh, we need that. We need to apply that. We need to receive it. We need to apply it to our own lives. And then that's what we over flow out into, um, you know, our spheres of influence. Um, and so this morning I, you know, my dad and I were kind of talking and I had found this, um, how many of you heard of the name Danny Silk? Okay. You guys are all like, this is your best morning ever because you <laughs> go home and Google Danny Silk. Um, he is a family licensed family marriage therapist and he has a program called loving on purpose. It's amazing. It's great. It's a great resource. Um, for just relationships and families and communication. But um, there's, uh, I'm going to kind of walk you guys through, but there's this transformation that takes place um, as we go from orphans, uh, you know, our lives before our relationship with Christ into sons and daughters of God. And that is the journey of a lifetime. And it is receiving and giving forgiveness. And it's essential. And it's just an ongoing process. But a lot of us come into relationships with um, history of either hurt or um, uh, uh, just damaged relationships in the past or any some kind of abuse or uh, um, not being honored or respected in in other relationships and what that does um, and I have two slides up here what it does is it puts us into something called a punishment paradigm and what that means is I have a, 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 a kind of a thing here and you can kind of read through it with me um, but we're operating out of this identity of orphan or, or or slave and that core belief is that my flaws and failures make me unworthy of love belonging and connection. I deserve disconnection and punishment, and so does everyone else with flaws and failures. 
And that motive is fear of punishment and ultimately fear of disconnection, being fear of rejected and losing and not being a part and not having that community with other people. And so the uh, behavior strategies here is avoiding that punishment either by hiding uh, and fitting in through pleasing and perfecting and performing, which we all have done and we all know people who do that, um, or the opposite, which is refusing to fit in by being rebellious and making my own rules, having that really, really hard thick wall between us and other people. And um, the goal is just simply self-preservation. It's protecting how I feel. It's protecting what little value I think I have. It's worrying about how other people are going to perceive me, how I'm going to perceive them. And that becomes what we operate out of. So when we, you know, it's easy, it's easy when we're, you know, having good times and we're connecting with people and things are going great. Like that's the easy part, but it's when we hit those kind of like oh, this is an area where we're different or we don't agree or we don't see eye to eye or this is something you said or did that was hurtful. Um, naturally, we want to put that wall up and that's just driven by fear. And so what we what we want to do is as we're going into this week of personal reflection and growth is we want to kind of shine light on this area and kind of bring you into that new covenant identity through Jesus Christ because this is who we were before we came into relationships with, uh, with, uh, the father and operating out of our own abilities and our own kind of protection. And so, um, we have to learn together to let love drive that fear out. His word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And that's a promise from the word. So if he tells us that his love casts out fear, that tells us that we can live and lead lives in relationships that are not driven by fear, but are driven by love. And so that puts us into this now new covenant paradigm, which is where it gets so good. And that identity is this being a son or a daughter of God. When, when you, when you acknowledge what Jesus, the work that he did on the cross, you have that uh, you have that repentance and you have that healing and that restoration back to your creator. It is done. It's a done deal. And now you walk into all of the blessings and all of the promises of Jesus. And that brings healthy relationships. That brings healthy connections. That brings healthy mindsets. And so that core belief now changes and it says, through Jesus, I have become a son or a daughter who is worthy of love, belonging, and connection. My mistakes do not disqualify me from the Father's love. Instead, they are precisely where I learn the depth of his love, forgiveness, and commitment to transform me into a mature child who looks like Jesus. And that motive is just love. It's love. And the behavior strategies there are pursuing connections, even when it's scary, painful, or even offensive. And that goal is just simply connection. It's really, really just connection. So when we can retrain ourselves to shift from operating out of fear in relationships to operating in love, that's when we start really experiencing breakthrough in our uh, community and relationships with one another. You know, it's a culture too. Uh, and we, we're, we are, um, we're going to get really good at this because this is what God wants for our church. And, and we're responsible for what happens here. We can't, there's all different kinds of places you can go with different cultures. Um, and a, a culture is just an affinity. Um, you can have a culture for the kind of dog you own. You can meet other people that have the same dog or just dogs in general, and, and the culture is created. And so cultures just in and of themselves aren't uh, negative or evil, but they can become very toxic. We're not going to allow that. We're going to have a culture that loves God, that we we, we, we are lovers of his manifest presence too. He's not just distant in another place and we just sort of send out words and he hope, we hope he hears us. We believe that he's come 
by His Spirit to minister to us. And it happens here when we're together, which is incredible. I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to experience that. Probably because they view themselves as a slave. That's probably why. They're afraid maybe the ceiling might cave in. Or worse yet, they view themselves as above everybody. But when we get together, things happen. But also, this can happen in your car on the way to work. He wants, he just loves, in fact, there was a proverb I, I forgot to read earlier. It says, I love those who love me. It's Proverbs 15, 16. I thought, how sweet is that? And he says, and I'll manifest myself to them. And that, this is what we're after. Amen. How many are after that too? Just sensing God more. However you feel him, receive him. Uh, and please don't let, let that get really uh, examined what that's mm-hmm. like because there's a lot of different ways, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, well, we're all in the process. Um, yeah. The church staff, somebody who's just new to the Lord, we're all in that process of allowing God, keyword is allowing God to dismantle the lies and the fears and that kind of that, that self, that self, in, you know, introspection and that self preservation. We're all in that process. And what a lot of times happens is we allow our mistakes or our failures to kind of be like, well, I'm not worthy of that or I'm not good. Or if they found this out or if they knew that, I would be, you know, I would be rejected or I would be cut off or I, everyone would talk about it. And that's something that we're coming so hard against because that is not the love of God. The love of God, his word says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So if we're, if we're being vulnerable, which is scary and can be messy at times, if we're being vulnerable, it, it, it does. But when you're getting into that territory, you know that you're putting your roots down in the right soil and, um, really allowing God to use that, uh, that process to, um, to start forming a new heart that loves the things that he loves and that loves other people the way that he loves them too. Let's talk about people. Okay. Let's, let's do see it. some gossip here. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not but about that. I want to talk about people because, um, in fact, let me put it this way. People are the greatest cause of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different things that can hurt. Like you yeah. can get a letter in the mail from the government that can cause pain, but there's no pain or hurt like the pain and hurt that's caused by people. But there's also the greatest fulfillment that comes through people. So the greatest pain comes through people. The greatest fulfillment comes through people. So no wonder the enemy's attacking relationships. Um, I'm by nature sort of uh, a recluse. I I would, um, I don't think I've ever done it, but I was thinking about it the other day. I would go to a movie by myself. I wouldn't have any problem just going in, sitting in a movie, watching a movie and uh, enjoying it. And there's other people that just cannot even believe that. I mean, how, how could you ever um, want to be by yourself? Because that's just sort of the way I'm wired. That doesn't give me an excuse to be responsible for what the Bible teaches about my relationships, that I must have people in my life. Now, l- l- let's talk about this a little mm-hmm. bit, because this is what Paige, when she said it gets messy, um, I'm, let's mess, let's get messy for a little bit here because we really need to come to grips with this. Yeah. Cause this is a culture in our church that's going to change. Uh, it's the reason why we don't have radiant service on Wednesday night anymore. We don't need another service of all of us gathering together and some people coming into this room and never ever getting to know anyone else who's in the room because we just sit here and then we go home. That is not the culture we're after. This is wonderful when we get together. We're not going to quit yeah. doing this, but we need to do more of something that gets you and others connected in your life. Here's why. Proverbs 18, verse 19. It says that a brother who's offended is harder to win than a strong city. There's one translation that says 
It is harder to penetrate than a walled city. And contentions are like bars of a castle. You saw that analogy of the slave mentality that one of the things that you do is when you have that mentality, you, you push people away. And the reason for that is because people are the ones who have hurt you. Mm-hmm. So you learn, and we get kind of good at not, these bars aren't like actual walls that people see, uh, but we keep our boundaries. Mm-hmm. And boundaries are good, but when boundaries keep you all by yourself, you're in a dangerous place. Yeah. You're a walled city, and that comes because somewhere along the way there's been an offense. Mm-hmm. On day three this week, we're gonna, we're gonna trust the Lord. In fact, in your, um, sort of the day by day instructions of what to do, there's a confession, a prayer that we want you to pray. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen God do such great breakthroughs. It's simple. Um, you could say, well, that's, that's just, I don't know, that doesn't seem like the way I would talk. Well, put this in your own words then. But I challenge you to take what's written there and to really, on Wednesday, say, Lord, this is what I want in my life. I want to be broken free from where those guys did that to me, mm-hmm. um, where this, I've been carrying this. I don't want that anymore. And please do it for our benefit, would you? Because your offense is affecting us. You see, offense is like a cancer. It will begin to stir up other people. Why? Because an offended person wants other people to share their offense. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, listen to Proverbs 15, verse 13. It says this, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. All right. How many say, I I, I wouldn't mind smiling more? You ever had somebody take your picture that you didn't pose for, and and you're looking at it going, wow, do I really look that grumpy? Yeah, often. Often. Yeah. Well, that has something to do with your heart. Yeah. Your heart will tell your face how to to react. Um. It says here, and here's the reason why, it's because by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Dear ones, I don't want to play games. There's, there are, in a number this large, there are many broken parts of people's lives. There's, there's brokenness that's happened because of things that have happened to you. There's brokenness because of things you've allowed to happen in your life. God wants to heal those yeah. things. He wants your countenance to be joyful. It, and remember, it isn't forgetting what happened. That's not what we're talking about. It's remembering what happened and seeing God provide such healing that joy starts to become your strength again. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, there's something powerful when you, um, if we keep looking at the kind of comparison and contrast of, um, you know, somebody who's offended or somebody who's walled off or somebody who, you know, seems um, reclusive, uh it's easy to just label that person like, oh, they're a jerk or like, oh, whatever. Or like, I'm over it. I tried. I don't want to do it anymore. Or like, I don't want to put all the work in. Um, that We've all fallen victim to that. Um, but when you start really understanding the kind of the root cause of that behavior, it's fear. It's fear. And it's, and it's just trying to have that self-preservation. So it like gives you such a new grace to look at people. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants us to see people the way that God sees them and, and, and identify with like, man, there's something here that, that I, I can connect you to somebody. I can connect you to healing. Like I can walk through this with you. And then that's where you start forging relationships and connections and, and letting that person know, um, you know, maybe you have somebody in your family or a coworker or, you know, a, 
there's some kind of a, you know, like it's just kind of that struggle, that battle. When you continue to choose to operate out of love, that becomes your motivation. It's like that gives you this power and control over how you're going to feel and how you're going to act with this person that is like totally on another level instead of like, oh, you know, I, I don't want, whatever. All the reasons that we all, we all do it. It's natural. That's what the flesh wants to do. The flesh wants to worry about me and only me, how I feel, how I want, what I want out of this relationship, how my needs aren't being met, how we always have to come to my house, how I always have to invite, I always have to make the plans. And that is so like opposite thinking. Um, in first Corinthians, we've probably all heard this verse at like every single wedding since the beginning of time, but it's, it talks about how love is patient and love is kind. I don't have a slide for this, but it's, it's not jealous. It's not proud. It's not boastful. It's not rude. It's not irritable. It doesn't keep records of wrong. Um, and it doesn't care about who's wrong or right. It just wants to speak truth. It just wants to release just kind of a grace over a situation. So if you find yourself coming into relationships or keeping yourself back. Like, well, I don't want to, and I'm not, 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 like you have to, you have to be like, Oh, this is a choice. Now I have to choose to operate out of love and not operate out of fear to protect what I want and what, what I need to get out of this. It's not about that. It's about, it's about choosing to still con- to just keep pressing forward in love and guarding your heart. And it's powerful. It's a really, really powerful decision. You know, the coolest thing is when you, you have a disagreement with somebody and what, would have normally happened had been you just decide okay I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna hang out with that person anymore and there are definitely people probably you should spend less time with that are that, that are perhaps negative influences but when somebody offends you or you, or disagrees with you for instance they think Donald Trump is God's gift to the planet and they're very adamant and they got their Make America Great hat on and they're just and you're like you know I'm a, I'm a I don't agree with that. And we're not making a political statement right now, by the way. This no, is but, just no, an illustration. I'd love to though, but I won't. But uh no, I'm kidding. Cause because we, we get all riled up in this and we actually we actually disassociate with people. What I have found is that if you can allow the Lord to give you grace to press beyond that, the disagreement. Maybe it's not I mean, politics can almost be a silly thing. Maybe it's something that happened where there was really a there was a definite breakdown, something fractured in that relationship where you stay with that person. For instance, I just wonder, uh, and this is going to sound so loaded. This is going to sound, I mean, because I, here I am, the pastor, talking about this. But I just wonder how many people have left one church because they got offended, went to, or didn't like it, whatever, and then went to another one for a while. And then, you know, and it just kind of... You never get to experience the kind of breakthrough that I'm talking about, which is stick, stay, make it pay. God will give you the grace to do that. It's not just about staying in one church, but it's about hanging in there with people. Some of the best relationships I have were, were is with people that we had some pretty big knockdown, drag them out disagreements on things, and we let the Lord bring healing to that. And I'm not saying that at the end of the conversation we still agree on everything, but one thing we agree on, we love each other. And God did that. How many need his help with somebody you can think of right now giving you that kind of grace? He'll give it to you. Totally. He will give it. Totally. Why would he tell us in, in 1 Corinthians 13 yeah. to operate like that yeah. if it were impossible? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's look at Hebrews 10. Yeah. I want to look at this. Uh, verse 24 says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more 
uh, so much more the day, the, excuse me, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Dear ones, this isn't just about going to church. I've heard this only taught primarily about don't, don't stop fellowshipping by stopping going to church. Um, that's part of it. This is fellowshipping. But this is just such a, a one dimension of fellowship. Fellowship has to, for instance, we had a church work day yesterday. And I want to just take an opportunity to thank everybody that came out. Man, we got a ton of stuff done. We got a ton more work to do. Stay tuned because we're, we're having church work days every Saturday. So we're having another one this coming Saturday. Um, you know what happened though on the church work day is people met one another that they would have never met. In fact, I met a couple people. Uh, I met Jake. Jake, are you here today? Where are you? There you are, brother. I met Jake, found out he's from Flagstaff, Arizona, Richard Maggie Taylor's church. And he told me the best thing that happened other than meeting his wife, who I, I'm assuming sitting by him there, was joining the Marine Corps. And he's stationed down at Miramar. I learned a lot about him. I learned he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah. But Jake said, yeah, I've been coming a few months, you know, I've been going to the church and I've never met him. Well, that's because this this context right here is not a good context to meet people. It's a good context to sometimes fall asleep, but that's that's a whole other story. It's just not a good place to meet people. But we're going to create more and more better places. One of the best places, small groups. That that word, consider one another, the word actually should be, it could be translated like this, discover one another. Another mean, in other words, it's what I ha- what would happen with me and Jake yesterday. We discovered one another. We got to know a little bit more about each other. Um, that's the greatest way to build relationship, and that's what we need. We've got to do that. And um, small groups, uh, ministry. There's all sorts of ministry opportunities. Uh, we have we have ministries that can minister in ways that you've been put on the planet to do, but you're never going to find out about it until you put yourself out there. How do you do that? Well, we've got Growth Track. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that, sure. Paige. Um, so our Growth Track program is a four-part uh, program that helps uncover who we are. Escondido Christian Center is as a ministry, including our core values, our mission, our purpose. And it also equips you and the people who go through the program with the tools that they need to really um, discover who they are, what they're created to do, and how to how to really be a part of this church community here. Um, once you get past a certain size, it is really, really difficult to connect with people. Um, and especially with so many different ways to communicate. And, um, you know, some people like mail, some people like an email, some people want text, some people want, you know, social media, some, and it, it makes it really difficult, um, to keep everyone in the loop on all the different things that are going on. If the only time that we're seeing my, the whites of your eyes are on Sunday mornings, um, <laughs> That was no judgment, but it it gets really hard. It gets really hard. And especially when they're, you know, like the average person comes to church twice a month. So if you come on one week and we made a big announcement, you come the next week, we don't talk about it. You don't know what's going on. Now you bump into, you know, Mary Sue at the grocery store. She's talking about this awesome thing. You're just like, I don't even know. Does anyone even care about me? Yes, we do care about you, but it's really, really challenging to um, keep, uh, just keep our kind of tabs on everyone. Where are you? How are you doing? Are you connected? Are you in a serve team? Do you have a community here? Are people praying with you? you do you have that support and growth track is a great way to kind of discover um what how does that look and how does that sort of uh how does that sort of come to be and then getting right into a small group uh that we have meeting all over the county they meet throughout the weeks uh we're actually uh we're kind of in a, a traditional break right now but what has happened is the growth tracks love 
or the small groups love being together so much that people don't want to take breaks. So they're just like going. They have left the station, but you can still get on our church app, sign up for a small group, um, get to know people. If you find one and it's not your jam, you can go to another one. No one will be offended. Um, it's just really the best way to stay connected and to have that community and that support uh, and kind of find find a, a smaller tribe within a massive tribe. Well, growth tracks start this Tuesday? Yeah, they start. Uh, th- this is the last one of the year. The next one won't be until the new year. It starts this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, and it will run three Tuesday nights. And then the last one, uh, we usually do a huge team night once a quarter here, and that's where we get that's anyone so who serves in any capacity. We get them here. We totally transform the space. We yeah. pour into everybody. We love on one another. A it's a fun. really fun time. Um, but this, this, the end of this growth track is actually falling on our uh, uh districts pastors conference and um, that we're hosting this year and so the everyone who goes through growth track instead of coming to team night will actually be able to kind of come and be like behind the scenes support for the conference which is going to be really fun so how do how do we sign up or what do we do is it in the bulletin tell me because um, no all of the sure. signups are done through our church app so okay. if you don't have our church app which a bunch of you guys have i Cannot tell you how much that blesses my heart because it was a lot of work to try to like think through and figure out. But I want to say there's probably close to like 175, maybe 200 people who have downloaded and wow. are using the app. It's amazing. Um, that's where you find out what groups we have, where to, where they're meeting, contacting their leaders, you know, kind of a little description about all of the groups. Um, you know, what is like the vibe of their house? Is it for kids? Is it for single guys? We have all of those. All the information is right there. And also on our church app, you can go to events and you can register for the growth track if you're ready to take that step. I promise you will not regret it. And we received a sanction from Pope Francisco that that social media is allowable on the church app. Just letting that. Yeesh. All right. I want to. I want to. I want to make another statement. There are no easy buttons for this stuff. There's no easy buttons for breakthrough in our community, um, which is so, uh, inf- it makes me angry how consumerism is starting to, t- see, we, we, want, we want to try to figure out what you want, what you like, oh, you don't like that, you don't want that, and we adjust ourselves, and we're following the pattern of the world, really, in a lot of ways. Uh, how many love Amazon Prime? I mean, you just, you know, you click on it. I'm thinking, listen, someone was saying to me that uh, they, I don't hope they don't ever go to the drones. I do. I mean, you, you click on it and the thing flies over your house. Here's what I, I'm praying. I'm serious. I'm praying that they'll be able to, I'll, I could sit, watch TV, and that some, someone will <laughs> hand it to me in my lap. We're not far. I'm serious. Like, I give them a code to the door, yeah. and they just, you know, a little drone flies in and just drops <laughs> Open a dinner right in my lap, yeah. you know? Uh, Grubhub, all of these kind of things, yeah. man. That, what is it doing? It's trying to make what used to be work uh, less work for you. That's cool when it comes to food. It's cool when it comes to parts for your car. But the kind of community we're talking about, this culture of God's presence and mm-hmm. contending for yeah. really together seeing God do something. This does, there's no easy buttons for it. Yeah. I and, wish there were. And I feel like as we were kind of talking about it, um, I think some of us have a d- kind of a, we need to kind of refocus our idea of what, a, you know, a small group or like a crew or a tribe looks like. Like we're not talking about like watching the game with your boys if you do that. Like that's awesome. Friendships are awesome. Or, you know, like the like group of, you know, like your friends, you go and we all do, go and do, um, our, I don't know. What is it that the kids are doing these days? <laughs> Geocaching. 
Pokemon or whatever. Uh, like this is different. We're talking about, we're talking about intentional groups that you get together with and you allow for the move of supernatural. There's something that happens spiritually within this group that's different than just hanging out with your friends. But like I said, those are awesome. Don't, don't not, don't stop doing that. But it's so awesome when you're with a group of people who are like-minded, um, and who are about the same things that you're about and are, are wanting to kind of like link up together and like move forward in this just keep moving forward and pushing ahead um, in a spiritual sense where people, you know, you talk to a friend and you're like, oh gosh, things are so hard. And you know, a lot of the responses are like, oh, that sucks. Or like, yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do? And you're like, I don't know. And you know, it's different when you talk to somebody who like is stirred in faith and you're telling them your situation. And they're like, no, because this is what the word says. And I face something like that. And God's been faithful and he's not going to stop being faithful to you. Like that's a different kind of like transaction there. So that's what we're really contending for is, is not just the hanging out and being together, which is awesome, but it's that we're creating these atmospheres and environments that the Holy Spirit can move and minister and things change um, in the things that you're facing and in the conversations that you have. Yeah. All right. Um, this is going to, when I say not easy, it's going to be a struggle, in fact. But nothing good ever comes without some struggle. The, the best stuff is going to come through struggle. Pushing a little bit beyond your your natural tendencies maybe to withdraw, hanging out with maybe some people you don't know, um, allowing the Lord to use you in a way you're, you're thinking, I don't want to do that. The greatest fulfillment, and you've heard me talk about this generally, I have said, and I don't know, this is 100% of the cases, but I would say the majority of the cases in my life, God's told me to do things, and I immediately know it's him telling me to do it because I don't want to do that. There's a struggle in that. The first time you lifted your hands, which is not that big of a deal anymore. In the body of Christ, I can think back 20 years ago, there were churches actually teaching, evangelical churches teaching, we don't raise our hands in this place, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. That isn't why people raise their hands. That's the last thing they're thinking. They're thinking, I don't want anyone to even look at me. And now everybody raises their hands, it's no big deal. So that isn't that big of a stretch. But what about the first time the Lord downloads something to you for that person? And you got to take that risk to say, hey, I... Man, this is what he's telling me. That is the greatest sense of fulfillment, the greatest sense of breakthrough you'll ever experience. But it, it comes through struggle. That's why the Lord tested his children. He said, hey, I'm going I'm to put you through some things to see how you navigate this because it's all about your heart. Where's your heart at? Are, are you seeing this? Um, hey, worship team, come on up. Let's, let's get ready to, to wrap up. Um, when I was in the third grade, which was a long time ago, butterflies still uh, came out of cocoons, believe it or not. And in the third grade, in Mrs. Smithstead's class, we had a, uh, I don't know what kind of butterfly it was, but a butterfly um, cocoon that was in the class that a caterpillar had built. And they had brought it in, and we had it in this little tank in the, in the classroom. Well, my friend Tim Flanagan and I, were, we were intrigued by it because it was right by our desk, and we were watching this butterfly or this, this cocoon and we could see it moving, and, and you know, you've, you've watched this. Um, one day the cocoon broke open, and we could see the butterfly inside. <clears throat> and we could see that this butterfly was struggling. So we got some paper clips, and we reached in there, and we opened the cocoon to help it out. Well, it popped out. And this, this butterfly pops out, and it's got this big, large body and these little withered wings, and you could see these wings trying to move and stuff. 
And we thought, wow, this is awesome. This butterf- we're going to get to watch this butterfly start to develop and fly. It never developed. You see, I, we found out later, we didn't know this at the time, but the, the way God designed the, the butterfly or even a moth that's in a cocoon, their wings develop by struggle. By pushing open that cocoon, the, it causes the fluid to come out of that main part of the body that used to be the caterpillar or whatever in that, that main structure there. It, it causes the wings to develop. There's struggle that is necessary in our lives for us to be developed, to become all that God called us to be, and to fly and start moving out. Man, that's what I want to see. And it's already happening. It's so exciting what God's already doing. Why not be a part of it? So here's how you can. This week, this week, let's focus on ourselves for a little while. How, how can I minister to you when I, 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 my life is not where it ought to be? Let's get our lives where they ought to be. There's seven days spelled out. And then we're going to celebrate next Sunday. Um, Tuesday night, I hope we see you at Growth Tracks. We'll see you at the beach tonight. Man, get a good meal in tonight. And then whatever you do, whether it's, I'm going to just skip lunch for the next seven days. I'm just going to turn my phone off. I'm going to quit watching TV. I'm going to um, just take something out of my daily routine. I'm going to use that time to come before the Lord. You watch what happens. Can you imagine if God could move where any two are gathered in his midst? He's there. He's in the midst of those gatherings. Think what he could do with us. Man, it's awesome.